0: Part 2. Chapter 9. Section 91 of The Life of Jesus Critically Examined by David Friedrich Strauss. Translated by George Eliot. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part 2. History of the Public Life of Jesus. Chapter 9. Miracles of Jesus. Section 91. Jesus Considered as a Worker of Miracles that the Jewish people in the time of Jesus expected miracles from the Messiah is in itself natural, since the Messiah was a second Moses and the greatest of the prophets. And to Moses and the prophets, the national legend attributed miracles of all kinds. By later Jewish writings, it is rendered probable, by our Gospels, certain. When Jesus, on one occasion had, without natural means, cured a blind and dumb demoniac, the people were hereby led to ask, Is not this the Son of David? Matthew chapter 12, verse 23. A proof that a miraculous power of healing was regarded as an attribute of the Messiah. John the Baptist, on hearing of the works of Jesus, sent to him with the inquiry, art thou he that should come jesus in proof of the affirmative merely appealed again to his miracles matthew chapter 11 verse 2 and following and parallel passages at the feast of tabernacles which was celebrated by jesus in jerusalem many of the people believed on him saying in justification of their faith when christ cometh Will he do more miracles than these which this man hath done? John chapter seven verse thirty one. But not only was it predetermined in the popular expectation that the Messiah should work miracles in general, the particular kinds of miracles which he was to perform were fixed, also in accordance with Old Testament types and declarations. Moses dispensed meat and drink to the people in a supernatural manner exodus chapter 16 verse 17 the same was expected as the rabbins explicitly say from the messiah at the prayer of elisha eyes were in one case closed in another opened supernaturally second kings chapter 6 the messiah also was to open the eyes of the blind By this prophet and his master, even the dead had been raised. First Kings chapter seventeen, second Kings chapter four. Hence, to the Messiah also, power over death could not be wanting. Among the prophecies, Isaiah chapter thirty five verses five and six, compare with chapter forty two, verse seven, was especially influential in forming this portion of the messianic idea. It is here said of the messianic times then shall the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped then shall the lame man leap as a heart and the tongue of the dumb shall sing these words it is true stand in isaiah in a figurative connection but they were early understood literally as is evident from the circumstance that jesus describes his miracles to the messengers of john matthew chapter 11 verse 5 with an obvious allusion to this prophetic passage jesus in so far as he had given himself out and was believed to be the messiah or even merely a prophet had to meet this expectation when according to several passages already considered matthew chapter 12 verse 38 chapter 16 verse 1 and parallel passages his pharisaic enemies required a sign from him when after the violent expulsion of the traders and money changers from the temple the jews desired from him a sign that should legitimate such an assumption of authority john chapter 2 verse 18 and when the people in the synagogue at capernaum on his requiring faith in himself as the sent of god made it a condition of this faith that he should show them a sign john chapter six verse thirty according to the gospels jesus more than satisfied this demand made by his contemporaries on the messiah not only does a considerable part of the evangelical narratives consist of descriptions of his miracles not only did his disciples after his death especially call to their own remembrance and to that of the jews the miracles signs and wonders wrought by him acts chapter two verse twenty two compare with luke chapter twenty four verse nineteen but the people also were even during his life so well satisfied with this aspect of his character that many believed on him in consequence John chapter 2 verse 23 compare with chapter 6 verse 2 contrasted him with the Baptist who gave no sign John chapter 10 verse 41 and even believed that he would not be surpassed in this respect by the future Messiah John chapter 7 verse 31 the above demands of a sign do not appear to prove that Jesus had performed no miracles especially as several of them occur immediately after important miracles for example after the cure of a demoniac matthew chapter twelve verse thirty eight and after the feeding of the five thousand john chapter six verse thirty this position indeed creates a difficulty for how the jews could deny to these two acts the character of proper signs it is not easy to understand the power of expelling demons in particular being rated very highly. Luke chapter ten, verse seventeen. The sign demanded on these two occasions must therefore be more precisely defined according to Luke chapter eleven, verse sixteen, compare with Matthew chapter sixteen, verse one, Mark chapter eight, verse eleven, as a sign from heaven, and we must understand it to be the specifically messianic sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Matthew 24, verse 30 If, however, it be preferred to sever the connection between these demands of a sign and the foregoing miracles, it is possible that Jesus may have wrought numerous miracles, and yet that some hostile Pharisees, who had not happened to be eyewitnesses of any of them, may still have desired to see one for themselves. That Jesus censures the seeking for miracles, John chapter 4, verse 48, and refuses to comply with any one of the demands for a sign, does not in itself prove that he might not have voluntarily worked miracles in other cases, when they appeared to him to be more seasonable, when in relation to the demand of the Pharisees, Mark chapter 8, verse 12, he declares that there shall be no sign given to this generation, or Matthew chapter 12, verse 39 and following, chapter 16, verse 4, Luke chapter 11, verse 29 and following, that there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of Jonah the prophet. It would appear that by this generation, which, in Matthew and Luke, he characterizes as evil and adulterous, he could only mean the Pharisaic part of his contemporaries who were hostile to him, and that he intended to declare that to these should be granted either no sign at all, or merely the sign of Jonas, that is, as he interprets it in Matthew, the miracle of his resurrection, or, as modern expositors think, the impressive manifestation of his person and teaching but if we take the words u dothisatai outi in the sense that his enemies were to obtain no sign from him we encounter two difficulties on the one hand things must have chanced singularly if among the many miracles wrought by jesus in the greatest publicity not one fell under the observation of pharisees moreover matthew chapter twelve verse twenty four and following and parallel passages contradicts this for there pharisees are plainly supposed to be present at the cure of the blind and dumb demoniac on the other hand if signs personally witnessed are here intended the enemies of jesus certainly did not see his resurrection or his person after he was risen hence. The above declaration cannot well mean merely that his enemies should be excluded from an actual sight of his miracles. There is yet another expedient, namely, to suppose that the expression U dothi setai auti, refers to a sign which should conduce to the good of the subject of which it is predicated. But all the miracles of Jesus happened equally with his original mission, and his resurrection, at once, for the benefit of that subject, and the contrary, namely, in their object for its benefit, in their result not so. Nothing, therefore, remains but to understand the genea of the contemporaries of Jesus generally, and the didosthai to refer to observation generally, mediate or immediate, So that thus Jesus would appear to have here repudiated the working of miracles in general. This is not very consistent with the numerous narratives of miracles in the Gospels, but it accords fully with the fact that in the preaching and epistles of the apostles, a couple of general notices excepted, Acts chapter 2 verse 22, chapter 10 verse 38, and following the miracles of Jesus appear to be unknown, and everything is built on his resurrection, on which the remark may be ventured that it could neither have been so unexpected, nor could it have formed so definite an epoch, if Jesus had previously raised more than one dead person, and had wrought the most transcendent miracles of all kinds. This, then, is the question. Ought we On account of the evangelical narratives of miracles, to explain away that expression of Jesus, or doubt its authenticity? Or ought we not, rather, on the strength of that declaration, and the silence of the apostolic writings, to become distrustful of the numerous histories of miracles in the Gospels? This can only be decided by a close examination of these narratives, among which... For a reason that will be obvious hereafter, we give the precedence to the expulsion of demons. End of section 91